live from 1243 East. Whoops! From an undisclosed location high in the Hollywood Hills, it's time once again for the long shot, come hell or high water. Tonight's episode, Senator Ron Johnson is an apostate, cold-hearted, prevaricating fornicator. And now, please welcome the host of The Long Shot, Sean Conroy! Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Good afternoon, good desk. Welcome to The Long Shot. I am your host. My name is Sean Conroy. With me today on the show, not Joe Wagner on assignment elsewhere also not with me on the show today amber kenny who is off doing something on assignment but finally here for the very first time in 2021 except for the other times in 2021 that he was here jamie flaham Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! Hi, Sean. So, hey, Jamie. So, what has it been? Three weeks since you've been here? Two weeks? Three weeks? Something like that? I do what I do before most recordings, and I consulted my Google Your calendar. Yeah. And um, I was like, no way. I, I, I guess I'm just trying to say, I, yes, I think it's been three weeks. Okay. Uh, so before we even get into anything, because we have a lot of stuff to get to, I just want to say that if you remember early on when we started doing this podcast, do you remember how insistent Jorge always was that we turn our phones off before the show started? Like that was such a big deal to him was like, no phones. We can't have anybody's phones on, which is funny in retrospect because we were doing a new thing and he was a sound engineer by vocation. So those things were really important to him. And now, now it's like, none of us gives a fuck about anything, you know? Um, But I'm saying all that because I am going to leave my phone here and leave it on during today's episode. It seems like there's some significance. Perhaps you're awaiting a call or you're killing it right out of the box because I was like, if I say this, will Jamie ask me why I am doing that? And you did, which is great. Uh, Very exciting. Yes. So within the last 90 minutes, I have received eight phone calls from numbers that have been very close to, but not exactly the same as my own cell phone number they've called over and over and over and over again the first six numbers are the same the area code which is a new york area code i still i've been in la for almost 18 years and i still have a new york area code we've talked about how my doctor said to me woody woody allen change your area code you know um sorry what were you gonna say Something about taking, you can take the kid out of New York, but you can't take the area code away from his cell right. phone. Yeah. Um, so whoever has me as a hoe still has me in this same area code, not different area codes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But anyway, it it's Apple calling me over and over again. Apple, they keep saying your iCloud has been breached. It's a data breach. You need to talk to a technician before you use any Apple devices because your data has been breached. And it's, they don't say this, but it's clear that it could be very, very bad for me, mm. you know? Um, now it's odd to me that Apple would be calling from a cell phone in New York city, but, but, but maybe I just don't understand how Apple works and eight different cell phones that have almost the same number, but slightly different like this first six numbers, the first, so the area code is the same. And then the next three numbers are the same every time as well, the same as my phone and the same in all these calls. And I got very frustrated because I was teaching class and it kept interrupting my class, my phone ring. I could have just turned the phone off, but I was like, this is crazy. My phone is blowing up with these calls. And I don't know if you've had this experience recently, but for some reason, the level of spam calling has exploded in the last several months. And I don't, I don't know what it is. It is insane. See that time, that time I left an opening for you to go, I think it's this, or I don't know what it is. And you, <laughs> this whole time I've been, you chose to let favorite. it, you chose know. to let it dangle. No, uh, I agree that I think spam calls seem to be ramping up uh, in recent months. Um, I just got a spam text yesterday mm -hmm. um, that I, if I, I can, no, I think I deleted it, but um I think if I was feeling frisky, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think I would ever be prone to click on this, but I think it was sexual in nature is what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, my phone kept ringing and ringing and I was like, this is crazy. So anyway, I answered one of them uh, and they, you know, of course it's a, it's a robotic electronic voice. And they told me that this was very important that I talk to a technician and I should press one. So I pressed one and they put me right through to somebody. And I said, oh, and the person answered the phone and said, hello, this is Apple, you know? And I said, oh, this is Apple. Where are you right now? And the person said, uh, Cupertino, California, where the headquarters of Apple is, which is factually true, but a weird answer to give in that situation. So then I said, what's the weather like outside? And they hung up on me. So if in fact, Apple is concerned about this breach of my iCloud, they're not interested in letting me get a weather report for Cupertino without checking my Apple devices. Um, so anyway, I just thought that if they call again, I'll try to engage this person on the phone while we are recording the episode just to see if it goes anywhere. They'll probably just hang up right away. I mean, I'm assuming this is a scam, don't you think? Do you think I really need to be worried about my my iCloud being breached? I think that your iCloud is probably fine. Uh-huh. This does sound like a scammer situation. I'm a, a little bit impressed that they're savvy enough to know about Cupertino. Like that's at the top of their head. Cause you've noticed on, do you have an Apple computer? You must. I'd rather not say in public like this. 
But I think that's the, um, if you go to any Apple computer in the, um, if you look up, I think the time code or, or, you know, like the Pacific standard time, it always says Cupertino. Instead of. I'm a real Apple head. Like I'm obsessed with Apple products. That's how I know this. You advocate for Apple. Mm, big time. Are you the guy scamming everybody about their Apple devices? Um, Jamie, it doesn't matter. You're not the guy. I know that. It's okay. It's fine. No, I really was going to play a funny character there. Uh huh. Um, by the way, it's you and I on this episode. So Amber and I had a hard time coming up with a name for our episodes that we did together. Eventually it became like rambling with Sean and Amber or something like that, which is not a great name. But because it's just the two of us, I thought it'd be easy if we just call these the shamey episodes. Like that seems like it, it, it makes sense. It's the, you know, portmanteau of our names and it sort of fits with some of the ways we feel about things sometimes. Yeah. I think we both shame seems to be a <laughs> recurring motif in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think Shamey is fine. It's got kind of a Scottish, Irish kind of vibe to it. So yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't follow. I don't follow that. But okay, Seamus, Shame, Okay. Shame. Mm-hmm. Also, John, which would be I think the other portmanteau, or John. Yeah, yeah. Also has kind of a Scottish, Irish thing too. Uh, a Boston thing. <laughs> uh, are you fully vaccinated? I am. Can you stick a key to yourself? Because we've all become magnetized now that we are vaccinated. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, the, the closest thing I have next to me is a. Not is metal, so it doesn't matter. I but I guess I'm merely pointing out that there's stuff floating around right now that says that we have all become magnetized. And it's true because, look, the key is sticking to my forehead. Um, I feel like you, um, <laughs> yes, there's like different, different, um, preparation that went into this episode. This is the first time we've done the two of us in years. It's been years uh, since the two of us have been like this. I think it is worth, uh, and I actually want to pick your brain or not pick your brain, but ask you about your NBA following. You know, I've been following it and I unfortunately saw the, the Knicks. Yeah early uh departure but um um oh but i'm thinking of sports and the real iron man that you are like if there were statistics and you know awards like you are certainly the uh (laughs) of the of the podcast you mean Uh uh-huh yeah come hell or high water i take it seriously i will say that so i am fully vaccinated I had a meeting, a writing meeting last night here at my apartment. It's the first writing meeting I've had in my apartment since the pandemic began. I had a couple guys over that I'm working on developing something with. And we were all sort of like, like we've been meeting over Zoom and we were like, should we, should we meet in person? Would it be okay to meet in person? Blah, blah, blah. One thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And they showed up last night and they both, and they're both fully vaccinated and they were both wearing masks. I answered the door with no mask on. And I was like, I feel like we're at a point where it's okay. If you're fully vaccinated to not feel like you have to wear a mask all the time. 
which I think is true. And I think that's in the CDC guidelines, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. And after the Tuesday, public places, not necessary to wear a mask. It's like, oh, is that true here in California? They're, they're, they're lifting the, the mandate. Yeah. After the 15th. There's It'll be no interesting. Time. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Like who freaks out, who gets upset, all those things, whether people still do it. I mean, you know, cause there will be people who will be like, I'm still wearing a mask when I go in somewhere. Um, but what I was going to say is I had these guys here. We had this meeting last night and I woke up this morning about six in the morning with a horrific sore throat. Oh, <laughs> I was like, my first thought of course was like, Oh my God, did I get COVID last night? You know, which is absurd, but, uh, anyway, I just thought that was funny that, that, you know, the first time I had these guys in and I have no idea if those two things are connected and I'll never know if it was because those guys were here, but it was definitely a thing and it's been a thing all day. And I had to teach with this, you know, congestion and sore throat. And now here we are doing the podcast. So, I, so what I'm saying is I, I definitely deserve the Iron Man award because I am not being uh, deterred by my own uh, physical shortcomings, you know? Yeah. I think it's uh worthy of celebration. And, and I, I mean, I genuinely appreciate it. Like, I think, um, I think uh, your dad <laughs> said, Aaron said the Lou, Gehrig of the Low Show Poe. If I was the Lou Gehrig of the Low Show Poe, who is the Wally Pip? I'll take it. <laughs> I'll be the Pip. I've never heard that name. That's the guy who Lou Gehrig subbed in for and then never wow. left. Like Wally Pip was hurt and Lou Gehrig started to replace him. And then for 20 years or however long he did it, I think it was Wally Pip. Check. Check and see if I'm wrong about that, Aaron. Would you please? I, Lou I Gehrig, um, you know. Oh, it was Wally Pip, yeah. Iron Man, but then not Iron Man kind of thing, right? Well, let's not, you know. <laughs> but then who broke his record? I, I can't even remember. It was like let's a big not thing. insult the luckiest man in the world. Uh, it was, uh, what's his name from the Orioles? Uh, uh, oh, Cal Ripken? Cal Ripken, yeah. By the way, quick aside, um, I'm at my parents' house and my grandma's here. I picked her up. Um, that's become like my Saturday afternoon for the last several weeks is getting my grandma over here. But we were watching this new Rob Lowe hosted uh, Fox game show. Oh, called shit. Samurai. Samurai Warrior. Not, I don't know. like Or Mental Samurai, I think. Mm -hmm. It's a trivia show. It's 10 of the most easy questions. But you are in <laughs> this fucking robotic contraption like that looks like a ride at magic mountain that flips you around it's so unnecessary <laughs> so before they ask you the question like if you were to add uh the number of wheels on a unicycle to the number of wheels on a tricycle but these people are flipping that's <laughs> crazy while they're being asked the question well they they land on a spot before the question's asked but it's just it's so utterly ridiculous i feel like i'm hearing bass drumming right now which I can't figure out where it's coming from. Am is I wrong about that? The bed that I'm on, that's, is it that? No, it's not oh. that. It feels rhythmic. It might be my voice. A lot of people say that. You have a, you feel the rhythm of the night? Yes. Um, yeah, those game shows seem to be ubiquitous at this point. And 
I actually, can I tell you a crazy thought I had the other day when I was watching one of these game shows, because you watch these game shows and the reason they do them is because they're so cheap, right? Like it's cheap and easy to make. They don't have to pay people. People are just contestants. Maybe they win a trip to, you know, Barbados or something at the end, but way cheaper than, 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 you know, whatever else they could make. But I was watching it and I was watching whoever, whatever the hosting job was of like, here's the jokey thing I'm going to say about these next people. And I hope they don't blah, blah, blah. And it was like people that I knew and respected as performers, you know, um, it was just like, look, I have not had the best, most successful career, but in some ways, thank fucking God, because you can't turn down. I'm sure those people are getting paid a lot of money to do that. And you can't turn down that kind of money. But imagine you're Rob Lowe hosting goddamn samurai, whatever the fuck. Like, what a fucking nightmare to be like, all right, let's see what the writers cooked up for me to joke about with, you know, adding a unicycle and a tricycle together. A lot of those bad jokes and. Yeah, that's all it is, is a bad joke factory. And people have said that should be my catchphrase. uh, But, you know, what are you going to do about that? Um, I would trademark it is what I would do about it. There you go. He's back. He's back, folks. Woo! (laughs) Uh, So anyway, I'm saying thank God my career has not gone well. It's gone perfectly. It, it really you. has. I mean, that's the thing you have to remember is we're all exactly where we're supposed to be, you know? Exactly. Uh, what's that? Nothing. What did you say? I said spoiler alert, but um, as you were drinking from the mug, I did. I usually am, you know, I'm a last minute gift guy, but it's Father's Day next weekend. And I got my dad a, a dad, like a, it was a dad joke based mug. And so the spoiler alert. What's the joke? I think it literally said, says, um, you're going to love my dad jokes or something. <laughs> so it's not, it's not even a joke. It's just a saying. <laughs> yes. Which uh, is probably trademarked and making them a million dollars. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe I'll trademark that bad joke factory. Um, all right. Well, Let's get into what's going on, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the country, God help us all, what's going on with Jamie Flam, what's going on with me. So why don't we start first today, just because, why not? Why don't we start today with Jamie? Okay. There's a 50-50 shot there. Uh, I know. It would be easier for me to start with myself, and I might not even get to myself because who cares? So I want to hear from you, you know? I haven't seen you in three weeks. You've been keeping a list. You've been writing down every interesting thing that's been happening to you. You're deeply, deeply prepared. I can tell you have pages of notes just off camera right now. What's going on? I do feel like I have three, two significant things. <clears throat> there's any stories that come from them but the funny uh, we'll see if it's funny but um on yeah Monday, you never want to start with that right like that's the that's the classic rule that you just go you know oh you know what this is this is really funny you're gonna love this and then i'm like nope i don't so let's just start neutral 
Here's well, something. On Monday, um, and part of the reason I wasn't there last week, my dad um, has had a jaw issue. And so we had to have a, a surgery on Monday. And the good news was that um, we were prepared to be at the hospital all day. There was this thing where they were able to get him in on Monday, but they didn't know if he would be actually in, in, being operated on in the morning or at 11 at night. But he got in first thing in the morning and it was like the operation was far less anything. So by noon, my parents were like, let's get lunch. I met them at Cantor's, my old stomping grounds. And um, it's, it is still weird to go into a restaurant and um, have a meal. Um, but, you know, I spent a lot of time there, it's, you know. Every night you left that club and went to Cantor's every night, right? There was a point like, you know, three or four years ago where. Yeah, like probably two or three nights a week on average. It's right around the corner from the improv. And my apartment was perfect. It was it was part of the schedule. You were like, hey, the improv's closing down. Kenters, everybody on me. Right? Yes, on me. <laughs> and <laughs> please stop spelling things on me. I don't think that's funny. Um, but so I walked in and um we get set down and the waiter comes. He walked in. in and they were like, Jamie. Yes. Well, I, the, not by name, but the, the guy that was serving us was like, hey, welcome back. It's good to see you. And this is, you know, someone that I had, you know, served me several times over the years. And it's like, um, yeah, good to see you. Good to be back. Blah, blah, blah. And then um, he comes back to the table to take our order. And he's like, well, hey, let me guess. You're getting a hot dog. <laughs> I was like, um, no, I <laughs> know. Actually, I, I let it. Are you a hot dog guy or was he mixing you up with somebody I've literally else? literally never gotten a hot dog. Um, yeah. So he I didn't know who you were. Or he thought I was someone else. Um, let I'm, me guess the usual filet of soul with tartar sauce. What's odd is that I don't eat a lot of hot dogs. But today at my parents' house, my mom made knockwurst, um, which, you know what knockwurst is? It's basically a type of sausage, correct? It's like a hot dog. But yeah. it came up recently, and I forgot who it was, but it was like... Would it have been crazy for me? Is it crazy that I know that, or would it have been crazier for me not to know that? I recently, knockwurst came up, that word, and whoever I was with, had, they were like, what, do you, what did you say? It's a knockwurst. And they just had never heard the word knockwurst. So I was like, oh, maybe that's a regional thing i grew up with but aren't there places in la that are like worst cooch and you yeah. know all those kind of places well, i think there's a lot of different kinds of worst yeah um but not worse is a specific one i think most people do but i was surprised that someone i knew that was well into their so you extrapolated from that that if someone you knew didn't know what it was, probably most people you knew so you're like do you know what not worse like it's so it totally altered your view of the world that you were like wait i thought everybody knew that maybe nobody knows that you not worse is as is as you know um ubiquitous as uh, hot dogs uh-huh uh, maybe not as ubiquitous as hot dogs i will say your mom makes knockwurst my mother has never made knockwurst okay so you perhaps have more exposure to it so are more familiar with it but um, you know quick aside or i don't know if these are sides or just um just tangents, but um, my mom had this. I, the first time I tried to make hot dogs, um, or maybe it was not worse, but you know, it was like 11 or 12 or 10, just hadn't cooked much. But I, I remember getting out the pot 
Okay, so so far in the beginning of this sentence, you have given us a three-year time time span where this could have happened and also said it could have been this type of food or it could have been this other type of food. So this feels like a very unspecific. Go ahead. I was 11 years old and I was going to cook hot dogs. I got out a silver pot, the one that my mom used to make hot dogs. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember putting the hot dogs in. And the one thing I forgot to do (laughs) was um, uh, put the water in. Cause you know, you typically, Oh yeah. You got to put water in. And so I just remember just like cooked the hell out of it and burnt, burnt, the burnt cooch, burnt cooch. Um, I was thinking about worst cooch. Was it worst cooch? Is that the one downtown? I think yeah. it is. There's a couple of them. I think I really would love to get that. So right now. Yeah. Let's right get now. the fuck out of here. This has been a long shot. Um, no, I've only been there once, and I remember we had some kind of rattlesnake sausage or something. Yeah, they got the rattlesnake situation. Mm-hmm. And we went, we reported a long shot, not at Worst Cooch, but at a Cooch. Oh, right. I forget the name of that place down on Kawanga that we recorded one time. That was fun. That was uh, a fucking nightmare. So, anyway, I'm not the hot dog guy that he thought I was. That, that was the Ganner story. I thought it was funny. Right. I mean, as far as you know, when he was like, hey, good to see you, he could have just been like, it's good to see anybody at this point. Like, we have had no business for a year and a half. But in your mind, it was like, this guy remembers me. Let's see if he puts my usual song on the jukebox. I think it was more than. He He did recognize you. But I do, I do think he was thinking of someone else, uh-huh. or he just put someone else's order on me. Right. I can't so imagine you, to, to Cantor's and, and getting the hot dog regularly. That is kind of that odd. Seems, that seems crazy. But maybe they have great hot dogs. I don't know. I've never had a Cantor's hot dog, and neither of you. You said right. You've never had a hot dog there. I, think I have. No. It also just seems weird to me. To go to any restaurant and say, yes, can I have a hot dog, please? Like, if I was five, I'd be totally into that. But as a grown-up and they have other stuff. Right. You're not going to say that at Pink's because, or uh, Carney's. It would be very expected. I just well, wanted to keep the full. I don't know Carney's, but I know Pink's is a hot dog. And it's not a restaurant. It's a stand, which I think is different. That's cool. I don't mean to be too technical, but it's not like you walk in and they're like, let me show you to your table. You wait online for two hours and then, uh, or you wait in line. However you wait, you wait for a long time. And Have you been you're... back to, um, and tipped at, uh, yield, um, oh, what's it called? Um, fat cells. <laughs> no, I haven't been back there. I haven't been back there just those two nights in a row. And then not since then. There's like they're making. There's a big ad campaign. Like I, I, as I drive around LA, there's lots of billboards that have. Oh fat. really? They're yeah. pushing the fat sal sandwiches. Yeah, I think it's that bit money. Uh, well, maybe I should go back and and you know see if they remember me. And I would preface that by saying, like, hey guys, remember me? I came in two nights in a row and gave a five dollar tip both times on a ten dollar bill. Huh? Who's with me? <laughs> uh, so we'll see. So. It sounds like, I mean, yeah, that is, that is a, that is a weird thing about hospitals is 
you just don't know how long it's going to be. You have no idea. How, what what did your preparations entail? How did you get ready for that? Like, did you go to the waiting room and build a fire? Oh, you weren't there. You weren't at the hospital. No, I was going to meet up later in the day, and uh-huh. the day opened up. It's great. Right, right. Um, well, when you go to the hospital, bring a book. Just make sure you bring a book. That's what my uh, that's what my mother always says. Just make sure you bring a book because then you have something. Because you are going to be waiting around for a long time. I feel like bringing a book is like a good, good advice for anywhere you go. You should always have a book with you. you I've know? been thinking about, I mean, this is not the first time it's crossed my mind, but last night, I mean, it's years and years and years now, but screens, meaning my phone first and foremost, and my kind of addiction to TV at this point, it's truly, I think really just more than ever. I'm just so aware of how much it's cutting into productivity at the highest level like how quickly i grab my phone i'm sure i've talked about this so many times over the last few years but like more than ever i'm like no this is an entire night now where i'm like i don't give myself a second before i'm like no let's put on this next show which is an hour long or let me just go to my phone and start scrolling the same thing it's just more than ever it's like this is a problem like this is you know my life it, it's really bad. And I, I find, because I'm not really on a schedule right now, like I teach three days a week or something like that. And other than that, unless I have meetings set up, I don't have a, first I have to do this, then I have to do this. I'm on my own. So I'm responsible for saying, here's the 10 things I want to get done today. Did this, did this, did this. And the biggest time suck is exactly what you're saying which is like oh let me just look at twitter and then 45 minutes later i'm like shit i have done nothing nothing you know i'm angry because of these tweets right right like it's literally affecting my my heart rate and my like just my general mood i mean this is not new news but um as i'm really truly wanting to get to the next point in my career and or just and just and find uh, someone to date and <laughs> basic stuff. I'm like, it is absolutely affected by my, my screen time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was thinking about this the other day. I, when I was a kid, my, there was a book in my, in my house that had, it was like a birthday book, you know, where every day there was like, if you were born on this day, this is what you're like. And one of the thing, the only thing I remember from my birthday was you are, you will be an omnivorous reader. And do you know what omnivorous is? I mean, an omnivore. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it means you read everything, right? Like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I do read everything. I'm a guy who reads everything. I love to read. I read all the time. Always. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. But now there's such an overwhelming flow of information. Like, I feel like, I feel like Johnny five in uh, whatever that movie was that he was in, uh, uh, you know, the thing I'm talking about, right? The Heart circuit too. <laughs> yeah. I knew you would know. Uh, yeah. Where he's just like reading everything to find out everything. And I feel like 
You can do that now because you have the internet and you have Twitter and you have access to all information all the time. And there's always more of it. You never get to the end of it. It used to be like, I'd be like, ah, I should go to sleep, but I just want to finish this book. But if I'm on Twitter, there's no fucking endless scroll. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, it's, it fucks up my sleep. It fucks up my work schedule. It fucks up my time. I, I don't know. It's I'm just agreeing. And I know you're right. You're absolutely right that none of this is anything new, but being aware of it is not necessarily solving it for me. Well, it is because there's a novelty. It's been about 12 years or 14 years since the iPhone, but really it feels like about 10 years since it really social media became the thing. And I think we're starting to really like have a, a long enough sample size of understanding like, Oh, this is, this is really, truly like, it changes your brain. It changes your brain. I I mean, I remember when people, when YouTube came out and people were saying like movies are going to start changing and TV shows because our attention spans are getting shorter. I was like, you're never going to affect my wanting to watch a 30 minute show versus a 10 minute show. But now I'm like, Oh, I, my already ADHD brain is like, it needs to be, it, it just, I'm just so scattered more than ever. And if I don't consciously, if I'm watching TV, if I don't put my phone across the room, I will check it at some point for anything, whatever, you know, I'll look something up or I'll go on Twitter or I'll I'll get a message, whatever it is, it will find its way into my hand at some point. It's a, it's a reflex. And I'm, I'm, I'll just stop saying like, I've talked about this before because I'm sure I have, but I'm, but to open the phone. Here we go again. I've been on Instagram. I was literally, literally three seconds ago, I closed out Instagram. And then it could be 10 seconds later, I pick up my phone and just, yeah, just reflexes alone, reopen Instagram. And I'll be like, oh my God, I, I was just here. What am I, what am I doing? It's crazy. And what's bad, I mean, there's a million bad things about that, but what I think it boils down to for me, and it sounds like for you too, is that it's so unintentional. Not, not, I don't mean like, by that, I don't mean like, oops, I accidentally went on Instagram again, but like, there's no, there's no reason for it. It's just like, let me fire some neurons in my brain by looking at something different from what the thoughts are I would be having if I wasn't looking at this thing. It's there's no like to get things done. You have to have an intention of like, I am going to sit down and I'm going to write five pages of a script that I am working on because my intention is to finish this script and to get it to people who will enjoy it and for them to enjoy it so much that they will pay me to write on their project or they will pay for my project to get made. Whereas with the stuff we're talking about, it's just like, you know does that make sense it made perfect sense especially the end what i i've been making i mean the sports analogies are so basic but um i don't know i guess it's because i I listen to so many nba podcasts and but like and looking at like what you listen to space the floor i have not heard space the floor good recommended i recommend it Okay, um, I'll add it to the list. 
but you know what the, what it takes to make a great player versus like everyone obviously in the nba is like the best basketball player and they're so good but like what makes a lebron or whoever that much better and are you saying the difference between a lebron james and say for example a julius randall yeah that was interesting to watch and julius randall who's a former laker and i was really rooting for the knicks um but so, Julius Randle, I mean, not to go off topic, I mean, we're still kind of, this is, topic, yeah. but, but, you know, Julius Randle is Julius Randle. He is who he is. That hasn't changed. Even though he had a better season, he got like the most improved player award. He's still not going to carry a team in the playoffs of the NBA, you know? And that was so clear from game one of that series. And I know they won game two, but it was like immediate shock to the system of like, yeah, we got in, but we have nothing to go forward with, you know? And I'm not taking anything away. Like I'm not faulting him for that. Like he is the same guy he's always been. He just played a little better this year, but he's not a superstar, you know? That has been, there's been a lot of talk about that. I still, I mean, and I'm not an expert, of course, but um, I like. I am. I am like, totally an expert. He can, you know, what makes anyone great in anything is going back and then working in that off season. And maybe like he does have that muscle that can. Um, I think there's an element of that, but there's also an element of natural ability that factors in, you know, like you have to have the physical gifts to be able to attain the level of a LeBron James or one of those guys. Well, he's not going to be LeBron James. But um, anyway, I just, it, it's, it really was hitting me last night. And of course, I was like a little bit stoned. And of course. But more than ever, like it is like I'm under, like I break out this notebook I have. And it's when I can tear myself away from the TV and put the phone across the room and just be with my thoughts and just start getting them out. But it was just really occurring to me last night, like like you said, intention. My intention is like, I want a next level. Like I want to, with the theater and my life and everything, I want to evolve. And I want it to be not just kind of like, you know, I, whirlwind. Like I want to be over, I know there's always going to be a whirlwind of things happening as a business owner. And no matter what we're doing, there's a lot of things. but the last couple of weeks, I think the main theme has been like, oh my God, really as it's creeping back in, like, oh, this was the week where there's a thousand emails and so many texts and so many people wanting things from the theater or whatever it is. Like, and so I'm more aware and I'm seeing the stress come back in, in and like, oh my God, like, but I've evolved in the last year I evolved. Why am I still getting stressed out? So I'm aware of it in a way where I want to try to uh, make some adjustments to get better. But I, I genuinely want to ascend to a higher level of just professionalism and really doing the things I want to do and focusing more on the creative stuff and not just blah, 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 blah. But like, it was like, if that's my intention, I legitimately have to change some of these things in my life, including the screens. I was like, that is the only difference between people that reach their goals or and don't is like, they're just their focus alone. Um, their ability to say like, all right, if I want to get here and if I want to not worry about this and that, that means I cannot look at my phone for the next hour because I need to be working. And it might be 
simplifying it a little bit, but at its core, it's just like, no, the, the, it, to get there is just simply being able to have the stamina and ability to, you know, put away the distractions and just actually do the work as hard as it is. So that's, that's where the training comes in and just trying to get better at being alone with my thoughts and not distracting myself for longer and longer so I can be more productive. Imagine LeBron James is like this incredible athlete, physically gifted, works really hard, but he kind of gets fucked over because a lot of times in the games, he pulls out his phone to check Twitter while he's in the <laughs> middle of a, like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think like for you also, I think it is a paradigm shift that needs to happen for me too, but to go like, it's a whirlwind. Like it's, it's, it, you have to like re think that to a certain extent, you know, and go like, no, 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 it's not a whirlwind. I'm in control. So I'm choosing to deal with these aspects of it and not worry about these aspects of it right now, as opposed to like, I'm caught up. You know what I mean? No, that's exactly it. It's like for the last several years, it's been, you know, it, it, that is what is happening, but it's, it's all in, in the same way. And like I am, it's like when I compare myself to LeBron James, um, all right, <laughs> last season, you know, before the pandemic, it was a good season, but we didn't get here because I wasn't focused on this, blah, blah, blah. All right. So what am I learning from that? Like, and actually knew now I actually need to apply it, but like, I like that concept it is like a changing the whole paradigm and how i approach it now i look at it like it's not that crazy so it's emails okay i got a lot of emails there i got a lot of calls or whatever it is it's just like okay do you have an email system no but i, I also think that so many of the things i'm planning are like legitimately like my ego looking for an excuse because if i ever i have proof it's like i can have a packed inbox there are not more than three or four in there that are of importance that need to right. be. I've found, like, all right, if I don't answer any emails for six months, it doesn't really affect anything as far as I know. I mean, I could be missing an opportunity. So that tells me that my obsession or just the fact that I'm stressed because I, I didn't get to my emails, like I know, like, all right, this is probably not actually a big deal. So I have to. But I think I use it as an excuse for whatever that thing that wants to, um, you know, fear of success or whatever you call it. Like, I do think there's some aspect of that. I don't know. I just finished Mare of Easttown. I imagine you, you watched that. <laughs> you imagined me watching it? That's weird. The whole time I was watching it, I was. You were like, I, I bet. Myself in your shoes and I, was, I bet he saw this part. I bet when he was watching this part, he was probably eating something. <laughs> Yep. Now he probably checks his phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, what did Mayor of Easttown make you think about? I honestly, don't. I did. I did watch it, by the way, all of it. Oh, I think because I'm. I, I literally finished it last night. I'm still mm-hmm. trying to make sense of it all. Like, well, why did it matter? Like the that that one person was the person that did the crime. What was, what was this really about? It was really about. And I don't know, I guess, spoiler alert, legit, maybe, but I'm not. Yeah, fast forward, because Jamie and I are about to get into it about Mayor of Easttown. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, don't listen to this part. But it's kind of like, it's like so many stories, but I think at the core of it, it was someone that was avoiding 
something for their entire life or avoiding something for a very long time. And the real joy comes with finally confronting it and finally going face to face with your shit. Cause that's the only way for you to evolve is to actually confront your shit. I think you're right. I mean, what do you think it was about? I think it was about that. And, um, I was trying to do my impression of her. <laughs> oh, let me see if I can do my impression of Kate Winslet in uh, Maravie's Town. Um, okay. Give me a line to react to. Hey, um, you should probably go back to your house now. Where are you going to go? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't very good. But it was just, she had this very, ca- it was just very casual, like, She's very I was trying to I was trying to set I was trying to see you do her East Axe to Oh I, yeah I'm like uh, where are you gonna go? I think I need to go home. <laughs> um yeah, I think it was interesting. That was an interesting program to me because it seemed like it was about a murder, right? Like it seemed like a murder mystery, but it really was a murder mystery. Even though she did solve the murder, ultimately, it was about, like you said, a woman dealing with a horrific incident in her life. My favorite scene, or my favorite, it's not even a scene, it was a moment, was the moment that uh, the mother, Jean Smart, is like breaking down and saying like, I try to forgive myself. I hope you can find that for yourself. I hope you can forgive yourself that it wasn't your fault, you know, because that was really what it was about, that she had blamed herself for the death of her son and her son was, you know, pushed her towards blaming herself and did it in such a way that she would blame herself. Um, And it was like trying to having that hanging over her all the time, you know? And then shame, shamey, shamey. Find get to the um when you find the um the source of um when you get to the source of your your pain or uh, I don't know what I'm trying to quote something from Pema Chodron or some book I'm reading, but like or you when you find or maybe it's just my meditation teachers, like when you figure out your the source of your existence, um that's where um all the answers are. I don't know. Don't. That sounds deep. It doesn't make any sense to me, though, as you're saying it. Just um, when you, when we find out where we literally we come from, which is you know existential, who knows? But like, there's some answers there. <laughs> I'm actually writing a book right now. Yeah, I was gonna say it feels like you're just bullshitting now. It feels like you're just like a guru going like, once you know what it is, you will see where you are, and then you can continue. I read and write and all the, like i just find it I'm, I'm one of my frustrations is that i why am i not better sometimes at talking the words i have so many distilled nuggets that will come to me anytime but anytime i don't know i do know this is like a perfect example of exactly what you're talking about which is i kind of get what you're saying but you're not actually saying it i just yeah, yeah. Let's uh, move on. Move on. <laughs> Good. Uh, I did. Did you see the sketch on Saturday Night Live they did about Mayor of Easttown? No. 
it was all about the it was like murder there's been a murder she murdered my dirt or like about how they just say weird things and i couldn't stop thinking about that during the knicks playoff series because of the guy on the other team named herda and i was like if herda was involved in the murder of your dirt <laughs> it was herda yeah you know, uh, the funny thing i realized last night like i follow the lakers that's the team i root for and I feel kind of silly saying it because it, it sounds so lame. But, you know, I followed the Lakers all year. I was rooting for them. I was hoping that they would, you know, certainly get past the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, this idea of, like, yeah, like, they lost. Of course, it was due to injuries. All of that's irrelevant. But, you know, if you follow a team and they win or lose, you know, like, I, I just, it's been a while until they lost. And I was like, wow, for a week. That the fact that this team that honestly has nothing to do with my life, yeah, like it didn't like a, I didn't lose sleep over it, but there was a little bit of a pall. Like I like I didn't I, I followed the NBA and I was listening to the podcast and like I was a little bit bitter <clears throat> and I was like mad at Devin Booker on the Phoenix Suns and like fuck that guy. And it was just like oh wow the sports team the way the sports team fared actually had an impact on on my life and mm-hmm. not, not in a significant way but i just thought it was interesting to actually note that yeah but i think i, I don't think there's anything wrong with that like because and i'll say i'll tell you I'll, I'll, here's why i think that is because for you to be affected by your team losing and going shit that sucks these guys lost i'm bummed about it it feels a little absurd it feels a little adolescent it feels like you should be more grown up than that at this point point. and like you said it doesn't make you like stay home with the blinds closed all day because you're like eh, they lost you know but what that does mean is that at some point when the lakers win you will be able to partake in unrestrained joy and excitement from that other thing that also has nothing to do with your life, but you will be able to through that feel things. And one of the things that I think is so great about sports is there is winning and losing as opposed to real life where it's like, who the fuck knows what's going on at any given moment. This feels like it's a good thing happening, but I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could get hit by a bus, you know? I mean, the dash bus goes right up Franklin Avenue, so who knows? Uh, Whereas when the clock runs down to zero in a basketball game, one team has won and one team has lost. And the team that won gets to be happy and the team that lost gets to be sad, even just for that moment. And the stakes of that go up during the playoffs, the, you know, the finals, whatever. And then it just starts all over again because it is, it is meaningless. You know, it's like, there is that thing of like, there's always next season and there is always next season, you know, until you get hit by a bus. Another cliche, obvious, I feel like maybe it's just my age or I'm, I'm a slow to develop and most people really understand these things much further in their lives. But what I'm about to say is so obvious, but it's like, yeah, it's sports. It's like when you become a fan, it's more about the people than the actual game. But I really understand that in a way of like, no, it is about the storylines. And as humans, that's just connecting with that more than anything. But like, 
you know, the fact that we mourn the loss of our team in a year does make it more joyful, but it's because you've connected ideally to the, you know, more than ever on us through podcasting and like athletes being more, having more access, but we're following their personal stories and actually connecting and relating to those. Uh, <clears throat> I think that just, I don't know. I think, I think that's, um, just like Mayor of Easttown, it's it's not about the murder. It's not about the game. <laughs> it's about the player. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that 100% because I don't give a shit about any of these guys. Although, why have we not provoked more of a war with the other long shot podcasts? What's that guy's name who's on Miami? Uh, Tyler Hero? Or, no, 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 no. Duncan Robinson? Duncan Robinson, yeah. yeah. I mean, those guys, they, they came in, they started a podcast, and they named it The Long Shot. After we'd been doing that for a fucking decade. We, I don't know. I think if we hired a lawyer, we could get $50,000. I don't want to hire a lawyer. I want to see that guy face to face and say, what is your problem, man? Duncan. What kind of basketball player has the name Duncan, you know? And is known for their shooting? Well, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, you're right. It is. I mean, it bothers me. It bothers me. It doesn't keep me up at night. It doesn't keep me home during the day. But there's an element of it that I'm like, that is so disrespectful. Look, this is what would this is what that would be like. Like, say I'm let's say tomorrow, because I've invested a lot of money right now in uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency. And let's say my cryptocurrency takes off tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say I put in uh, uh, $2 and tomorrow, this is how cryptocurrency works. Let's say I invested $2 tomorrow. It's worth $4 billion. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's gone up. What if I, instead of like a lot of people say, hold on to the cryptocurrency because it's going to keep going up. But let's say I just like break with tradition and I take all my money out of cryptocurrency. So now I have $4 billion and I'm like, you know what? Something I've always wanted to do is I have wanted to start or I've wanted to own an NBA basketball team. And I go to the NBA and I'm like, hey, what's up, fellas? Listen, is there a team for sale? And they're like, no, there's no teams for sale. And I'm like, what about this? What if I start an NBA franchise? I don't know where I would do it. Like uh, maybe in my hometown, New Rochelle. Let's say I start an NBA franchise in New Rochelle, New York, because there's not a lot of competition in that area. I mean, that's, you know, that's 15 miles from New York City. So what what's the competition? The Knicks, the Nets, the Celtics aren't that far. Uh, the Bullets, not the Bullets, the Wizards. They used to be the Bullets. Uh, Sixers, pretty close. Sixers, right? Okay. Yeah. So there's no competition around there. Um so I started my hometown and I go, you know what? I'm going to call the team. I'm going to name it after one of my favorite things that I deal with on a regular basis in the wintertime. It's going to be the New Rochelle Heat, the New Rochelle Heat. I am starting a basketball team, an NBA basketball team called the New Rochelle Heat. What do you think of that fucking Duncan Robinson? Huh? Like, that's what they did. They took our name and started a different show. I think like we didn't even exist. And you know, you know, he was Googling and doing all the searches. To I mean, you're kidding, but they had to have, right? They had to have looked at it and gone, fuck these guys, you know? 
I mean, that's a cool moment to think that they they saw all four of our cartoon faces on. I totally disregarded it. We're like, fuck them. Yeah, that's a cool moment. That will keep me up at night. Just just thinking of the fact that Duncan Robinson had such contempt for me, who he's never met, who is magnetized at this point. He had such contempt for me that he just <laughs> that he, do not duplicate on that key. What's that? Does it say do not duplicate on that key? It probably does. Uh, in fact, I'm sure it does because this is a, uh, yep. Do not duplicate. Can your family's lock business duplicate keys that say do not duplicate on them? No. And you know what? I think a part of my, um, I like to think my integrity I've saw so many times, you know, working at the shop growing up, but my dad being behind the counter and someone coming in with a do not duplicate key and him saying, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And, you know, them being like, come on, it's just my apartment. Come on. And they're like, no, I'm legally not allowed. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like he could really, if like he has the machinery to do it, but the law says, that you're not allowed to do that. But what is the legal ramification of that? What are the legal ramifications of that? What am the legal ramic? I don't know if you can be thrown in jail, but you could probably lose your... If he was thrown in jail, he could get out though, right? Like, because he would have a key. Yeah, every locksmith would be able to get out of jail. Mm-hmm. One of the perks. But yeah. You know, there, there really are a lot of um, bad people that are locksmiths that will do it without a blink without a blink i gotta find some of those people because i need some duplicates of these keys when i was my first apartment in new york was in stuyvesant town i was illegally subletting from somebody because stuyvesant town at that time i don't know if this is still true but stuyvesant town at that time was like subsidized middle income housing so it was very difficult to get in but somebody I knew knew somebody who had an apartment there. So anyway, I was able to sublet this apartment, but it was not in my name. And there was only one key Mm. and the door, however the door worked, if I left the apartment without the keys, the door was locked and the keys were locked inside. And I did that once and they had a signature card. Like you had to sign to get them to open the door and it was just a whole, I mean, luckily at times I am a bit of a fast talker, uh, speaking of lack of integrity. So this guy was like, you're like, I signed this other person's name and he was like, your signature looks totally different. Like, why is this so different? And I was like, oh, I, I actually broke my hand a couple of years ago and I had to start writing with my other hand. So <laughs> and he, he was like, okay, here you go. Uh, but it was terrifying because I was like, this could be the time that I get evicted because I can't get into the apartment. That's the, it's like where I don't even, I can't, I can't think of New York. But it's like, my apartment was at 20, 20th street and first Avenue. It goes from 14th to 20th from first over to the river. It's like a campus. Like it's huge. Yeah. There's, I don't yeah. know, 50,000 or 60,000 people live there. Um, Yeah, it was great. It was a great place to live. Uh, A little far from the subway, but, you know, welcome to New York. Although now they have the Second Avenue subway, so it would be be way easier. Uh, All right, Jamie, well, let's take a break because I know you have more stuff you want to get to. So 
Uh, we'll take a break for a couple minutes and then we'll come back and we'll talk more about the whirlwind and Duncan Robinson, man. We're, you know, I just hope one of these days I'm going to be out of the club and Duncan's going to roll up with his posse and I'm going to be like, you know what, dude, we need to talk about this. I think we should challenge him. It'd be good marketing. Would be good. <laughs> yes. When they, when they swat us away like a fly. Um, all right. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, everybody. It's Sean. Well, Jamie does whatever he does during the break. Um, I'm going to read another, uh, review that somebody left on our, uh, iTunes podcast. Um, and this is a five star review. It's from Shem Pennant, who is a very, very nice guy that I've met several times. And he left a review on March 26th, 2021. I think Shem, well, I don't know. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I believe maybe he's living in London or somewhere in England. So I will do it in an American accent. This is what he wrote. Long time fan, literally paid for seasons one to four on iTunes, missed the show. And it's like having old friends back to share in collective trauma. <laughs> I think I love that that's a five star that could have gone either way I feel like that could be a one star review too um, but yes so please share in our collective trauma and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes and subscribe because that helps us in some way that I'm still not quite clear on 11 years into making this podcast. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Please enjoy. Uh, we are back. You are listening to The Long Shot. It is a podcast disconnected from Duncan Robinson and the NBA, at least for now, until I make my money in cryptocurrency and start my NBA team. I am your host. My name is Sean Connery. With me is Jamie Flam. Jamie, what else is going on? Um, what were the two things? One of them, two weeks ago. I thought I you said you had three things. I think one of them was Hot Dog Guy. So that's... Mm -hmm. Check. Activated. Um, yep. Two weeks ago, I went to Catalina Island for the first time. Yes. Have you ever been there? Yeah, I sent you my picture and said, make sure you wear sunscreen. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And I did wear sunscreen. And at one point when we we're eating, I got some of my eye. Oh. It burned. It burned. Um, dude, dude, this is exact. Oh, God. When I went to Catalina Island, I did not wear sunscreen and spent the entire day there. And I, we can talk about your experience there, but my experience was there's not a lot to do there unless you are either camping or drinking. And I was doing neither of those things at the time. So we were kind of just like 
okay, here we are. It's cool here, but what do we, what do we do now? What's our, what's our plan for the day? So we were just around in the sun all day. And on the boat on the way back from Catalina is when I was like, holy shit, I think I got really sunburned. And, you know, anytime, anytime someone has stolen the horse out of the barn, you want to lock that barn door up tight. So I slathered myself in sunscreen for the rest of the boat ride home. I don't remember, but I feel like the boat is at least 45 minutes or an hour back and forth. Right. Isn't it a bit of a ride? At least an hour. Yeah. So I was like, let me just make sure I don't get worse on the way home. But of course the damage was already done. We'll get to that in a second, but then I had to drive from the ferry stop to my home and I was sweating and it was getting in my eyes and I thought I was going to die. Yeah. That was how much it hurt. And I was punching myself in the eyes as I was driving because it was so painful. And I was like, I'm going to crash. I can't see anything. I can't. And then the more I wiped my eyes, the worse it got. It was a fucking nightmare. So anyway, you were saying you got some in your eyes and it was very painful. It just reminded me so exactly of what happened to me when I was there. Yeah. My, I try for a long time. I wore sunscreen every day, just Neutrogena. And then I, I, for the last year or two, I just have not been good about it, which is not good. And I am looking at my skin and, actually worried like oh no is that skin cancer and i gotta go see a doc, uh, dermatologist. phlebotomist ugh. the word phlebotomy just ugh. it's just one of those things that just a trigger word for you trigger word mm-hmm. um but i did um in the mail i got on amazon but i did some research and i think i found a brand that's supposed to be non-eye sensitive and they say that, but I have, I, I always feel like you have a bad experience ultimately. So far, I've only done it once, but Blue Lizard SPF 50 has done me good so far. Good um, to know. Further updates. Today's episode brought to you by Neutrogena and Blue Lizard sunscreens. Neutrogena, not happy <laughs> with their <laughs> ad placement. Uh, but yeah, Catalina, I think you're right. It was, I think that the headline was, this was like the first excursion of any kind of had. Right. Just, just. Let me get out into California a little bit. Getting on a boat, doing a big thing. And it was, um, and it felt really exciting. It was fun. Just, it was kind of overcast. And we kind of got there like, I guess we're here. We went because my friend got tickets for, um, do you know Charles Phoenix is? Uh, no. Is he rising from the ashes in some way? Uh, it's probably an argument for that. Um, I, I he, the name sounded familiar and I guess I'd, I'd seen him, but he's, um, kind of like this historian kind of archivist who collects Americana and old slides. And he's built like this cool looking career where he gives talks, um, on anything from like, all right, I'm going to do an hour and a half slideshow on Palm Springs and the history of Palm Springs and really um, funny guy. I don't know how old he is, but I'm a little bit older. Um, But he was doing a presentation at the Catalina Museum that night and it looked neat. A presentation of or a presentation at? At the Catalina Museum about the history of Catalina. And um, so that was the 
that was me. The last thing we did was to go to this. Meeting. If I did a show like that, I would end with a slide that was a photo of the audience watching the show. Wouldn't that be fucking cool? Take it, Charles Phoenix. Run with it. Run with it, Phoenix. Do it on your comeback tour. Every Phoenix should have a comeback tour. Go ahead, Jamie. Well, come back to that. That could be a thing. Um, But the rest of the day, we're just, you know, walking around. It took about 45 minutes to walk and you see, you know, souvenir shops. I was like, you know. Yeah, it's um, just like a honky tonk. It's all bars and souvenir shops. Yeah, I was like, oh, I think I get it. I think I get Catalina. The interesting things were there's the big theater, like the, right. which was closed, but that would have been really cool to see. But even to the outside, it was just like this classic 2000. Look, the selling point is we have interesting things, but we keep them closed. That way people can come and they'll be interested, but they won't be satisfied. So they'll come back. I think that's a bad uh, way of thinking about this. Go back to sleep, Don. Um but on the other side of that theater, there was a concert happening. Uh-huh. Um, former member, I think it was like Oingo Boingo, but not Danny Elfman, but just, you know, like other members, which from what I could tell were just doing just 80s covers, like former members of Boingo. Of Boingo. themselves or of other groups? Not, no Oingo Boingo songs that I could. Mm-hmm. Just other songs, and then the band Flock. Do you, do, do, do you remember any? Do you remember any of the covers they were doing? I can't remember. I can't remember. But you know, just Flock of the, Seagulls, of course. I ran. I ran so far away. Right? They were there. It was just two of them. I don't know if I don't know anything about Flock of Seagulls, but they were. Well, there. they used to be a flock. Now they're just a couple. It's two seagulls. But a couple of seagulls sounds like a shitty. You know, it's not as cool. But they were there performing for like a few hundred people, and they were all trashed and i think and i would just that's it's that kind of island that's the destination you know that's what you do you go you get totally fucked up and then you go home it was probably the average age i would say is like 61 Uh uh-huh it was surreal Well, you really did some intense math on that you know (laughs) that it was 61 61 trashed you know i would say very white um very orange county kind of vibe yeah and it was kind of fun just people watching like i mean i'm not just like drunk but like trashed stumbling stumbling there was literally a guy wearing like the captain's hat but like a captain's t-shirt like you know a tuxedo shirt but like a captain shirt who we saw like and there's this like sweet lady who was like he was stumbling and she was kind of like and and she kind of she actually winked at me and it was like the sweetest wink of just like hey honey um i got to deal with this uh, but I don't know why I just felt like very matronly and I was like, I don't know. But then we happened to be walking after we were done watching this. Are movie. you saying that if she had not been with that guy, she would have fucked you? <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, okay. Um, no, I don't think, I mean, who knows, but, um, that's not what I was definitely not saying that. Um, but, um, but I think she would have given me like motherly advice and a hand job. Me thing <laughs> yeah hand up an hj behind the uh, big theater uh but then we actually saw like and i ran i ran so far away yeah keep going keep going that's good 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 so we spied them as we were walking back around you know there's like a marina and um she was trying to get him into a boat and he was drenched. So in the course of trying to get him onto this, he fell boat, into the water. He fell in the water. It was just like cartoonish. The level. Yeah. Of, 
And he like was raising the the median age because he was probably closer to 70, I would say. It was it was a trip. Um, so then yeah, I just walked around, had a couple of beers, and it was just like chill. But then we got to the museum and we saw the Charles Phoenix thing. And unfortunately, Charles Phoenix was not there. Um, it was just a video presentation of him doing like kind of a Zoom um PowerPoint. And it was great. It was like he was so engaging and I was like laughing and it was it was so fun to watch. And I But you could have done that without going all the way to Catalina Island. Yes, 100%. But what I wish was that I'd seen that prior to the trip or we'd seen that first because him giving the history and actually pointing out places um, that were still there gave so much more context to the history. And Mm -hmm. and of course, as soon as it was done, as we were walking back to the ferry, it was like, oh, there's the, that souvenir shop is more than a souvenir shop. It's been here for 60 years and it's got the original sign and that bar, that tiki bar has been here and like seen the history and inside there's this. Anyway, I would recommend to anyone that has not been to watch this video, I think you can get online of Charles Phoenix. And I think no matter where I go, I'm going to see if there's a Charles Phoenix uh, PowerPoint on it. I'm going to watch it. But here's the thing. Two days ago. You know that Charles Phoenix actually has a uh, a PowerPoint presentation about Duncan Robinson's version of the long shot. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, he calls it Americana, but it's really just Duncan Robinson. That's, I got to check that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we were already following him on, on Instagram. And so uh, the next day I sent a note to Charles Phoenix's Instagram page and saying, hey, um, I don't know if you've heard of I mean, you sent a note to his Instagram page. You mean you commented on one of his photos? Well, I went. I sent an instant, or you know, I sent a message. You can send a message to anyone. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, uh, a direct message. Uh, DM. You were you were in his yeah. DMs. Yeah. And, and he was uh, like, "Are you the guy who got a handy from the lady at the?" That would be really weird if he said that. <laughs> But just said, hey, we were in Catalina. We saw the video. We love you. I don't know if you've heard of Dynasty Typewriter, but we've been, but, you know, it's a hundred year old building that's got a lot of history in LA and it seemed like he might be aware of the old Vagabond or one of the older iterations. And he got back to us almost immediately saying, yeah, I, I've, I've, um, I've been there actually. And on Thursday, two days ago, he um, popped in, we gave him a tour and it looks like we're going to be doing some sort of Charles Nick event at some point. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited about it. But it was just—is uh, he going to be there, or is he going to be remote from <laughs> another? He will be there. Hey, this is Charles Phoenix. I'm on Catalina Island right now. I hope you guys enjoy this presentation I'm showing about where you are. I can't wait for you to see Charles Phoenix and then compare your impression of him just now to what he. It's pretty spot on, I think. Right? You'll you'll see. Okay. Uh, so that, that was just um. It reminded me, and I haven't had that in me, but like. Looking back to just from the moment I got into even producing comedy stuff, it was like, oh, yeah, I like the thing. And I haven't felt that in so long. We're like, oh, I liked it. And I immediately reached out. Like, I don't know. I, I just I love that, like, quick turnaround of just like interesting person, reach out. And now we're going to be doing something like that's like a muscle that I haven't felt like I've not flexed, but um, exercised, exercised in a while um so there was that great what was the third thing what was the third thing 
Catalina, Chelsea Phoenix, Dusty Tipperator. What's that? I feel like it was another outing or something I did. Oh, you did another thing in the last three weeks besides that? You must have been so busy. It was a crazy week. I, I do need to look at my calendar, but there was it felt notable. It wasn't hot dogs. It wasn't um This is the best part of the show. I hope Duncan Robinson like he's like, guys, we gotta listen to a little bit of the show. And then it's just that part of you going, What else did I want to say? What did I want to talk about? Let me look at my calendar. I did something. I figured it out. Um, on Wednesday. I my my nephew, who's my oldest nephew, is now twelve, which blows my mind. And um, he called me from his new. He doesn't have an iPhone, but he has an iPod that can make calls. Which I was like, I think you have an iPhone then. And he assures me that he doesn't have the same access, or it has to be through like FaceTime audio, which is different. But I'm talking to you, and I'm I'm, I'm FaceTiming you, so you have a phone, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but he was like, uh, Uncle Jamie, um. I am thinking about getting a, a year annual pass to Universal Studios, um, and I wanted to know if you would go with me. Um, and I was like, "Yeah!" And it was the cutest thing ever. I just felt like, I don't know, just that moment of seeing my twelve-year-old nephew and like, "Wow, he's really getting old. He's been saving money, and what he wants to spend it on is a annual pass to Universal Studios." Um, is he going to make you get a, an annual pass to Universal Studios? He's not going to make, I mean, it was not cheap at all. It was I like, can only imagine that those are not cheap. No, I mean, just to go for a day, it was like 150 bucks. And like, yeah. And you know, like it's $18 for a soda punch. Yeah. yeah. Soda, a water is five bucks. Right. Um, it's nuts. But um, we went on Wednesday and. Oh, so you pay for the day. He has a, a year-long thing. I did get free parking out of it. So if anybody wants to find Jamie's nephew, just go to Universal Studios because he's there for the year, basically. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's funny to be 12. You, you have to have. Like, so there was part of me was like, oh, he really wants to spend the day. And I mean, I think he genuinely did. But also, like, oh, he literally has to have. Uh, it's a convenience as well. It, it happens to be a convenience. Yeah. Um, but it was funny, you know, with him. I'm going with him on Thursday, by the way. Just oh, I'm sure he would love it. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Like, just I've never hung out. I mean, it's been a while since I've hung out with any of my nephews or nieces for more than an hour or two with everyone together. But it was like, yeah, like just to get to know him a little bit more or just be like, yeah. And it was just, it was cool that it was just to talk to him about school and try to entertain yourself in your mind. And, um, but like he's becoming a little adult. It was just really cool to see. But then Universal Studios itself. I mean, it's crazy how big it's become. It's like it's like it's a whole damn thing. It's like I haven't been there in at least 10 years. So I think it's changed a lot since the last time I was there. Yeah, like I mean the Simpsons world, the Harry Potter world. Yeah, none like, of that was there when I was there. Harry Potter stuff is really I love it. I love it. And I'm not even like a Harry Potter guy, but like pretty enchanting uh and it was still there was do a, they have do they still do the thing when you walk into the harry potter world where there's plastic plants everywhere <laughs> did i tell you that we took all the vines down from dynasty no. it was um that was part of the evolution 
like looking back now, I'm like, I cannot believe I'm a little bit mortified, like that there was a version of me. Not that, the, I mean, I think that that would get just like vines off of Amazon. Put them up. I think there's certainly like a, a you know, art directed bring you into a whole world of vines. But now I'm looking back like, oh, yeah. But that's part of part of revolution. So we'd pour all the vines down and I'm like, all right. And even like stuff like I remember going to like Cost Plus and getting these little um little sconces that were like like little um I don't even know what to call them, but like they look like little flowers. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cheesy. And a year and a half ago or two years ago, like I remember being like, these are only eight bucks each, and we can put little fake candles in them. These are gonna be so cool. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> And so part of our next thing is like, no, anything we do, let's look, we're getting the $9 sconces. Okay. Um, anyway, but it, it's, you know, I was just blown away. I mean, it blows my mind when I think about this stuff and obviously it's like me comparing myself and, or, you know, directing an orchestra, which I still want to do, mm-hmm. but like, fucking. if you do it, you might realize that it's called conducting. <laughs> well there's what i want to do is not conduct ultimately but i do want to direct which would be different and would probably not be i don't know um oh but like jk rowling wrote a book wrote a book and it, all the steps to make it and now there's literally an entire world of things happening and castles built with fake snow and an entire village of this thing that exists at like the biggest theme parks one of them in the world it just it inspires like that there's no reason we can't have long shot <laughs> well you know i'm in talks with universal right now to put long shot world in it at, at we, got it. we just got to do this before duncan <laughs> yes hey it's universal we we're putting in long shot world and it's based on your podcast but we are going to have you share the space with Duncan Robinson. You know what? I do want to put this out like to Felipe Sobrero or something like that. But like, if ever I was from, if this podcast, if we could see a map of a, of a theme park and the different areas. <laughs> right. It's like, what are the rides in the long shot? You know, mostly it's just a dunk tank that automatically, you don't have to hit the thing. It just drops you into the water. That's uh <laughs> That's <laughs> our version of a theme park. I mean, there would be, you know, my enchanted land and um, roasted vegetables. <laughs> Certainly lots of um, kiosks with roasted vegetables and popcorn. And Hi, welcome to the Boba of Wisdom store. Yeah. Step up to the shelf and pick one of the one of the bottles and inside you'll get your Boba. I'm just picturing the ride. I'm just like, it's you like, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not even a thing. That's just a person working there. It could be just the greeter, but I'm picturing like the robotic, more like 70s, 80s ride kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's getting itself. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I guess that's all I got for Universal Studios. Although, you know, the one thing there's a ride called The Mummy based on the movie The Mummy, which I never saw, and which was, was going to be huge. I mean, that was like part of a a whole franchise, right? Weren't they going to build out like the, the, the mummy was the one with, wasn't Tom Cruise in the, the mummy movie. I think it's Brendan Fraser, but no, no, no. You're thinking of the old one. This is the new one. There oh, was a okay. new version 
and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I've been wrong about things once or twice, but I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise was in the newer version and they were like, we're going to build out this monster universe. And it was like, they were going to do Frankenstein and, and uh, Dracula and, you know, probably I'm guessing probably a werewolf of some sort and maybe some other stuff. And then the mummy just bombed at the box office and it was like, Nope, it's over. But there is still a ride there for it. There was still a ride. And apparently oh, the ride is the Brendan Fraser one. So that shows how much I know. Uh, so so now I've been wrong three times. Um, and also, it was a 30% capacity. Um, and so most of the rides, the Harry Potter ride like was like a 10-minute wait. And usually it'd be like an hour and a half. That's so great. So we got in right before this 15th when I think that's when it'll be back to full capacity. That's why I'm going this Thursday. I recommend it. Um, or because that would be. But if you go tomorrow. Anyway. Um, no, no, no. I like waiting online. For me, that's half the fun. Well, in the Harry Potter world, it was so fun. Like, it's like being in line. They really just. <laughs> By the way, sorry to interrupt you, but I just I'm looking at what Aaron wrote in the chat. And he, he goes, the ride is the Brendan Fraser one. And I was like, ah, I'm so wrong. But then he goes. But they were bringing back the Universal Monsters till the mummy bombed. So that's right. So at least I got something right in what I was yeah. saying. I wasn't 100% wrong. Sorry. Go the, ahead. You see the movie Monster Squad back in the day? No, you've talked about that before, how that was like a very foundational movie for you. Yeah. I, I just listened to an interview. My friend interviewed this guy, Andre Gower, who was the main kid in it, who just, I guess, I guess there was a documentary that came out um in the last year about how that movie which was kind of a flop just became like a, a cult classic and mm-hmm. means a lot to so many people um anyway yeah i got you off topic you were talking about universal studios waiting online oh yeah so like in harry potter like some of those if you're waiting i'll say online but i my I was raised within line. Right. No, I get it. That's been a constant battle on this show for 11 years, and I don't think it's ever going to end. Um, the, 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 but yeah, some of the rides is like, it's, it's also perfectly set directed that. Yeah. It's enjoyable to wait or not. It's not, it's still not prepper. But there's stuff to look at and you can, you don't get, you don't have to look at your phone. In other words, you have stuff you can. Move. Yeah. They keep it moving. Um, but the mummy line was the one that just was not like that. It was like just, and it was the longest one of the day. I think it was a good like 90 minutes. And just that's because it was the Brendan Fraser one. If it had been the Tom Cruise one, it would have been a much better set direction. I, I agree. But this ride, I, I realize how old I am. I think, I mean, last time I just I, realized this. <laughs> no, every fucking minute. Uh, but I, you know, I used to love going to Magic Mountain and theme parks, and I loved roller coasters and i feel like the last time I, I went like i was like which was like three or four years ago i was like oh not i can't i can't get on every roller coaster like i used to and you know even the harry potter ride i got off and was like oh i'm nauseous i'm i'm gonna be nauseous for a few minutes but this fucking mummy ride i didn't know what to expect it's kind of like space mountain like where it's like just in the dark mm-hmm. and it went from zero i've never been on in all the rides well I've because done. a mummy they wrap they wrap them and their eyes there's linen bandages over their eyes so of course it's in the dark right there's a, there's a whole thing and they're inside a pyramid so it's very dark in there as well 
yes, that's exactly, I think, what they're trying to emulate. And, but it just takes off so fast and like literally was shaking and like, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, like you like you hit your head enough where you're like, oh, like, I don't think it was a concussion, but like something happened so quickly that I was like, oh, this is bad for my body. Like I, well, in, in fairness, that was a thing they did with mummies, but what we're not, uh, you know, what we're not, uh, putting in there is that before they mummified these bodies, they would go in, they would go in through the nostrils and pull out all the organs, the brain and the everything and so forth. So it wouldn't hurt their brains when they rattle them around like that. Cause they wouldn't have a brain inside their heads anymore, but they can't exactly do that to the people riding the Brendan Fraser mummy. If you take somebody's brain out, what are you gonna do? Put it back in at the end of the ride? Like, no, you're going to get a lawsuit on your hands, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's legal. <laughs> Good follow up. Uh, um, but it was, just, it was a very, quick overall it was fun but like it wasn't just like i'm i'm like ye- screaming or yelling just out of fun and like i at no point in this ride felt any grasp of reality i didn't know it was coming and was literally actually scared and it was the only ride that i, that I saw there that had like the end where you can see your photo where they're trying to sell you the photo uh-huh and i'm literally just like just scared like it was bad did and you fun. ever feel like calling for your mummy? <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I did feel like calling for my mummy. And um and I did. <laughs> there you go. How are you, Sean? Uh I'm fine. I think we should get to uh parting shots, maybe. Okay. What do you think about that? I've, I will I'll say that I've really enjoyed this. And not that I, about 15 You dreaded it until you got here and then it turned out to be okay. Well, dreaded, no. I was actually looking forward because I haven't done a solo one with you in years. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I still am going back to like how we we're talking about reframing and like just in how I'm approaching work and everything. Like, and like this is not a new concept for this either, but it's like, just seeing like how many reflexes I have for things that just do not serve me anymore. And like, I still, to this day, even though I'm, I'm just, I know that long shot is not what it used to be. I still have moments of utter fear when we're recording, but like, <laughs> or trying to yes. And is still, a, a <laughs> but I'm still, I think my body still will start to react. Like it's 2011 and I'm scared that, Eddie and you are going to be fighting and I'm going to be like literally terrified when the mic's <laughs> not you guys are making I don't have to get into it, you get it but um but I still like have to like and just to be clear you're talking about when we used to fight because somebody was asking me about this the other day or I was talking to somebody about it I can't remember how it came up but somebody was saying like it was something about sketches and sketches on the long shot and that was what Eddie and I used to fight about was sketch stuff I gotta say like looking back like for as scared as I was, I still like, I mean, it was audacious um, in many ways, but like, I still was like, I wrote the sketch and we would still do it. And I really appreciate like, and I think a lot of the time, right from your perspective was like, 
yeah, let's do this and see how fucking bad it is. But some of them, I'm like looking back and like, I feel like I've grown certainly as a writer and how I would do things. I'm like, yeah, I'm not even to say anything was great, but I, it was definitely fun. And I just, but I just really do have more appreciation that like got it through, produced it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and part of that is also just the nature of collaboration where it's like, you want people to bring shit to the table. And so if you just dogmatically shoot things down, then it doesn't work. It doesn't function anymore. You know, I mean, we were still figuring out who we were as a group and as, as individuals and as humans and all those things. So I think that's all just part of the process of like, you know, uh, I've been talking about this a lot recently with some people that I'm working on another project with, which is about people working together. And so we're sort of digging into that idea of like, what's it like to work with other people on something creative and that you're bringing your own ideas to and everybody's in different places. Like people, one person's like, this is going to be my shot. This is my thing. And somebody else is like, well, no, no, no. I have a job that I have to worry about. This is fine to do on the side. And those are completely different mentalities, you know? So anyway, I think uh, we figured it out. We figured it out ultimately. We did, but I, especially then, and that's why they said audacious too, or just like, or even just like, I, I mean, I appreciate that there was a version of me that like pushed through because there's such, I still have so much imposter syndrome. I don't, maybe that never goes away, but, um, but especially right. like, and I've told you, it's like Sean, like from ASCAT and from UCB, like who I really looked up to and Eddie Pepitone, who I just thought was so funny. And Amber, I didn't really know, but like looking at those dynamics, my imposter syndrome was like at an all time high. So, and, and also for you, cause I know it's like, you didn't know who I was and um, still don't. <laughs> so many dynamics and it is kind of a really cool that it evolved and here we are on a saturday afternoon just chewing it up <laughs> parting shots i'll go first because i can't go an entire episode without mentioning something having to do with the crazy crazy shit that's going on in this country right now and well, let me back up for a second and say that I got a, a, a I guess a, a Facebook comment this week from Nathan, our friend. Uh, I always want to say Nathan Rabin, but I think it's actually Nathan Rabin. Um, but having read it in my head so many million times, I still in my head before I ever met him, it's still something that I, it's like you see a word on the page and you think it's a certain way. And then you realize in real life, it's not that way at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Nathan Rabin pointed out to me and then I did some research and, and it's very exciting. Some guy just did a deal with somebody to reboot the master and commander series, the Patrick O'Brien thing. Um, okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, it's so good to see you. It's good to see you too, Vicky. Oh, you love. Uh, well, I just asked you one question. I have Ricky on the phone. We're going to go to a restaurant called Finney's. Finney's? It's oh. supposed to be really good. 
sounds real good. Um, we're actually in parting job, so we're going to be wrapping up. Um, but um, what time is it? It's still early, but there's going to be a wait, so she's going to go down there and bring a book. <laughs> That's so oh, cool. full circle. And yeah. um, we were just talking about bringing books to places to wait. Well, I think I'm 90% down. I'm just going to wrap up and I'll... Okay, I'll be there in 10. <laughs> I hope that the part I said before, where I hope this is the part that Duncan Robinson sees, like he goes into that part and he's like, come on, this can't be the whole show. And then he goes, let's fast forward and let's get to another thing. And it's that moment. That's the part. Um, no, what I was going to say is that this person is rebooting. This guy's gotten a deal to write some... I don't know if it's some or one. They've always wanted to make a franchise out of the Master and Commander Patrick O'Brien stuff, which is exciting to me. I don't know that it'll ever happen. That's how Hollywood works as they go. Here's a couple million dollars. Let's bury this project for the next 10 years or whatever. But whatever. So it it, it that's one part of what I was going to say. The other part of what I was going to say is, I don't know if you saw this week, and I don't know how I saw it. I definitely saw it not on... TV, but I saw it on, I guess, probably Twitter, uh, a clip of Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who is a piece of shit. And he was on Hannity, which we don't even get into what Hannity is like. And he called Joe Biden a liberal, progressive, socialist, Marxist. That was his you know, the, 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 he, Hannity was just asking about something. He's like, the problem is Joe Biden is a liberal, progressive, socialist Marxist. And I was like, what the fuck even is that? That doesn't make sense to me. So then, of course, I was Googling it. And there's literally an article in uh, the Milwaukee. I don't know. What, I don't remember what it's called. The Sentinel. Maybe it's a local Milwaukee paper, which is where he's from saying, can you even be all of those things at the same time? And of course, you can't really be all those things at the same time, nor is Joe Biden anywhere close to most of those things. But it is Ron Johnson doing like, what are the words, trigger words? They're trigger words for right-leaning people what are the words I can say that are the most upsetting to people that they'll be like, oh, my God, Biden is all those things. He's horrible. He's the worst person I've ever heard of. And the reason I say that that connects to the Patrick O'Brien stuff is because one of the characters in the Master Commander stuff is Stephen Maturin, the doctor, the spy, uh, who is of Irish descent, descent and has a very specific way of speaking and a way of insulting people. And he always insults people by using like four or five words strung together. So I was thinking about the comparison between Senator Ron Johnson and Dr. Stephen Maturin and the way Maturin is such an artist with the language and Ron Johnson is such a piece of shit. <laughs> so anyway, I was Googling uh, and looking for, I was going to go through my my books and I just forgot and didn't have time today to go through them. Uh, but there's a passage I found where Maturin is talking to, I don't even know who he's talking to, but they're talking about philosophers, Rousseau and Hume. They're discussing Rousseau and Hume. That's, <laughs> 
whatever. Uh, but he mentions that he thinks that uh, Rousseau is an apostate, cold-hearted, prevaricating fornicator. <laughs> and I think if you're going to insult somebody with a bunch of words strung together, that's just a much better example of it. Like the problem with the Ron Johnson thing is those things don't go together. But what he's saying is it doesn't matter. They upset people enough that I don't have to care if what I'm saying even makes sense, which in a way is worse than what he's saying, because what he's his attitude is, who gives a shit? People are stupid. They won't dig into this. They're dumb enough to just be triggered by it. And it doesn't matter what I'm saying or if what I'm saying makes sense. And the problem ultimately is, A, he's right. It works. So why wouldn't he do that? And B, one thing I've noticed that over the last several years or longer than that even is words lose their specific definitions if people misuse them enough. So like if enough people agree that a word doesn't have to mean what it's supposed to mean, then all of a sudden the word gets redefined as the thing that people are using it as. So he's degrading the language, insulting the intelligence of the populace and winning all at the same time. So I'm furious. Jamie, parting shots, your turn. Go. Just or you to, can react to that too if you want. I'll react to that. I just feel like that's the, on both sides, but certainly the right more. Um, that's the entire strategy with everything, everything, make it a buzzword, make it a buzzword, make the knee jerk reaction. And just as soon as, I mean, cancel culture on either side, just you say that word, it means something specific and it doesn't mean anything at all truly anymore. It's like everything wants, but like all these big words, especially socialism. um, Like, and I hear that one a lot, but it's like the the Democrat, it's not, socialism it's this is they're not trying to make it socialist russia or com it's not that right and also there's the argument that the roads are a socialist program schools are a socialist program fire departments are a socialist program police departments are a socialist like if you want to talk about socialism those things are in a sense socialist they're not actually but you know if that's what you're talking about that is what it could be but they, they just they're jumping on to plant the seed that like they truly want it to be that we are given our profession and that it's going to look and feel like Soviet Russia. And, um, and that's where we're headed. And it's like, not that at all. Right. Uh, and then also I just see that such an opportunity for a very Sean Connery joke structure, um, as you start doing more standup, but, um, of using four adjectives in a row with no commas in between. Here's the setup and talk about the Ron, Ron Johnson um, setup. And then um, I thought it would be interesting to see <laughs> other examples of it. And it well, be- the other part of it that I was thinking about was he's defining all these as the same, like a liberal is a progressive, is a socialist, is a Marxist, and they're not all the same. So I was wondering what it would be like to play 20 questions with him, because you remember in 20 questions, the first thing you do is say is it an animal is it a mineral is it a vegetable and you would never be able to beat ron johnson because by the end he'd be like 
Well, I said it was a mineral, but it's also an animal and a vegetable, of course. Well, no, by saying it was a mineral, you said it was, you're basically saying it can't be an animal or vegetable because they're not the same thing. Oh, no, you can be a mineral, an animal, and a vegetable all at the same time. Um, That's good. I think that's strong. uh, Yeah. Anyway, I think Ron Johnson is an apostate, cold-hearted, prevaricating fornicator. Certainly prevaricating. Fornicator, I don't know. Maybe he is. Cold-hearted, absolutely. And apostate, yes, 100%. So my statement about Ron Johnson being an apostate, cold-hearted, prevaricating fornicator is more truthful than his statement about Joe Biden being a liberal, progressive, socialist Marxist. They're both liberals. I am more truthful than Ron Johnson, which is not saying much. Uh, all right, Jamie, parting shots. Parting shot. I thought I had something. I've been sending myself, oh, I was been sending myself emails as my main place. And um, the last thing I wrote myself as a reminder at 2.08 p.m., my grandma's here for lunch. And I started whistling. And um, I think I'm a pretty good whistler. <laughs> like, I think if I really, I don't know how, if there's a competitive whistling or just using it as an instrument, but. um, I will say some people are better at it than others. But I was doing it. My grandma looked up and she's like, honey, you're really good at that. And I was like, felt very validating. But I wrote myself the note because I didn't want to forget because I want to look into like, what are the uses of whistling besides like, I can't do that, but just a basic whistle, but. It's a great way to let women know you think they're attractive. (laughs) I'm sure they'll love it when I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to look into like. Also, if you ever wanted to mate with a bird, that's a great way to do it. We'll see how my dating life uh, turns out in the next few months. But If you need to make sure people at the train crossing know that you're coming, that's a good way to do it. Um. Or just to um, add a little um, whimsy to a song. Great. So anyway, I guess my parting shot is that um, I'm You're talking about a Guns N' Roses song. Patience is that the song whistling? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. In the '80s and early '90s, there was a, a moment for whistling and hair metal yep. and hair bands. Um, Ballad. It was a ballad in, in its defense. It was not a it was not a hardcore metal song. It was more of a ballad. There was another ballad around that time by a similar band that had a whistle situation. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. It was a bunch of um maybe I'm thinking of something else. Anyway. Hey Duncan, man, I don't know why you're still listening to this. Can we turn this off now? He just doesn't like he just First, he couldn't think of what he wanted to say. Then he talked to his mother for a while, and then he couldn't think of what he wanted to say again. I don't think they're a threat, honestly. <laughs> I can't imagine an NBA player that's in their early 20s. ending <laughs> <laughs> what this even is. <laughs> they got some long fucking plane flights. You know how it is when you're traveling. You just want to pop something in and not think about it, you know? By the way, like there were some NBA players, and I'm sure you know some of them. There's a guy like, there's a handful of them, but Andre Drummond on the Lakers was like, there is no way that I am significantly older than this person. Like, yeah. 
like th- this person has to be at least 50. <laughs> well, and then the flip side of that is it's so funny to think about somebody like on the Knicks, Derek Rose, and everybody's like, he's so old. He's so done. It's so great that he's able to do the thing because he did play really well. And it's like, he's a fucking old man because he's 32, you know? And part of it is because he's had some serious knee problems for his entire career, but like he's 32, you know, and that's ancient. 35. They're talking about like, just like wearing down and like, and it makes sense, but 35. Yeah. It's not crazy. I've been thinking, I, I, well, I don't even want to get into it. Never mind. All right, go ahead. And that's all I got. All right, folks, this is the long shot. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating or whatever you feel we deserve. Duncan Robinson, I'm sure you would not give us a five-star rating or a review for that matter, even though I know you just listened to three huge highlights of the show. And uh, subscribe, subscribe to the show because that helps us in some way. I don't know how. Um, I can't wait to find out what rides there are awaiting us in the long shot section of Universal theme parks. Oh, that would be a fun um, to put out to our listeners if they still do that. But um, as far as the mailbag situation, describe, describe the, um, the areas at long shot world. <laughs> Great. I want to hear some ride ideas, um, some event or um, attraction ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be, I mean, because I know there's ways to do it. Well, I'm not going to put any parameters on it. Right. Oh, whatever you want. The, the whirlwind is an obvious ride. Jamie's whirlwind. Uh, all right. Jamie, give your mom a hug for me and your dad too. It's great to see you. I hope you can make it again soon. And uh, folks, this has been the long shot. We will see you next time on this show or somewhere else who knows we'll see bye sean ron johnson is an apostate cold-hearted prevaricating fornicator uh thanks bye bye guys 